Welcome, hey. listener. Oh, you fuck. You, man, you're stepping on my <laughs> shit right now. I, I was just going to say, damn it. good. You can you go. You know, when I'm producing this thing, why don't, you wait, wait, why don't you wait for the director to tell you action, buddy? Yeah. Director. Say, hey. Director. <laughs> you're just some shitty editor, man. Hey, man. Ooh. Hey. This is how it all comes slash sound engineer slash partner slash co-creative executor slash love of my life. I'm the nervous guy in the room watching Lennon. You shut the fuck up. You shut the fuck up. No, you're like Ringo Starr, man. This is this is the the like people. You know, don't let this. This don't let don't leak this. We're the Beatles. People, I'm, I'm known as like the, the Tom Hanks of the group. Come on, we're the Beatles. Yeah. <laughs> Don't fight, guys. Guys, like, Nikki, that was good. That was a good ring. What were you doing? Uh, uh... I was doing Ringo. Yeah. That was pretty good. Yeah, that Ringo. is. <laughs> it's like a nice, it's a What's perfect doing, cartoonish guys? Ringo. It's like a perfect, like, <laughs> you know. No reason like... <laughs> it's like a Rocky and Bully Club episode. <laughs> I'm going to stop on my head. If I keep going, it's going to go weird. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> you tell me when, Mickey. We're a go at the station. Go ahead and Michelangelo whenever you're ready. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the longest way to say it. <laughs> we're definitely we're definitely we're, we're, we're good. <laughs> we're definitely not not ready to go. So you can probably go ahead and start speaking. <laughs> And okay, we are okay. go at the station. Whenever you're ready, you can go ahead and take it away <laughs> for the, the show to start. <laughs> is that like official? Is that yeah, like what, is what you say? I mean, the guy, the guy works really? in television. He works I don't know. Military. I don't know. I don't know. Is, are no, you just that's making this up on the spot? Or is this coming like, from your your history? <laughs> no, I mean there there are people that say we're a go at the station. That's like a okay. military thing. That's a thing. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We're we're, we're a go It'd at the station. It'd be funny if it wasn't. I was really hoping you made it up. Making it up. You just yeah. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> we'll go in five, four, three. Welcome, listener, to the return slot. I want to be your Tokyo convertible. No? No? Is that oh, what the good. I mean, is? Just... <laughs> yeah, I want to be your Tokyo convertible. To- okay. <laughs> We'll get we'll get to it. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. We'll talk about it's that. It's a classic hit. Classic hit. <laughs> so the return slot of horror, or I want to be your Tokyo convertible, a podcast recorded in the basement of our video store after hours when the doors are locked, the VHSs are rewound, and the moon is glowing pale blue on a brisk and breezy night. We like to hang out in the basement, light a scented candle, crack open a drink, and discuss our beloved genre, horror. Every episode, we invite you to join us for a frosty libation as we discuss a film selected from one of our painstakingly curated subsections of the video store. That's right. For the uninitiated or anyone unlucky enough to have not grown up with an independent video store in their neighborhood that you could just walk to, Mickey, can you explain this? Yeah, well, back in the day before their streaming, even before Blockbuster, there were these independent video stores. And to appease the appetites of movie nerds like myself, Michelangelo, Chris, they would fill their shelves with videos on demand or video nasties. 
These mom and pop shops responsible for taking the horror genre from limited theater runs and late night drive-ins to every small slumber party in America. But what really made these video stores special were the people working in the store, curating personalized sections based on their interests and the interests of their patrons. Recommendations based on conversations, not algorithms. So here at the return slot, we keep that spirit alive and strong. And we hope you enjoy perusing our sections and joining in our conversations. This week, we find ourselves in the sassy sequel section of the video store for our third installment of the mm -hmm. sassy sequel mm -hmm. section. Sassy. Um, now, I'm going to warn the listener. You know, this, this is a hangout, drink, and talk with friends about movies podcast. This is not a film review a podcast or a critical analysis podcast. Uh, if anything, it's a critical analysis of ourselves. What do these horror films tell us about ourselves, our lives, our relationships? How do we, how do we see ourselves reflected in these stories and how can we better understand ourselves and each other through these movies? Mm -hmm. um, also, mm -hmm. we, we gotta, we, I gotta start remembering to say this cause, but I think it's obvious when you see the runtime on these podcasts, obviously spoilers. I don't think you no, can yeah. talk for like over an hour about a movie and not have it filled with spoilers. And we probably will yeah. be talking about other films connected in this franchise, but we'll st stay away from spoilers typically yeah. in that discussion. Um, and I'll, I'll just add to that, that, you know, for, for the majority of the movies we're doing, we're doing movies that have had years and years and years of life. So it's like there's enough content on the world. I mean, it's not like we're spoiling like brand new movies. I, I, I you know, this is. Well, welcome to the world. It last five years. If you tune into a podcast about a movie, you're getting it spoiled. <laughs> Guys, this film's only 37 years old. I mean, are you sure that you're out of the zone? <laughs> that we can spoil it? <laughs> Whose voice is that? Who is joining what us is, in the basement who, this evening? What series um, coming out of the dark corner? Just like this. Oh oh, yeah. I just see those um, eyes in the corner. <laughs> am I am I reading the, this copyright, Mickey? Um Tonight, we are joined by self-proclaimed feminist icon and expert, Chris. Yeah, mm -hmm. thank you. Yeah, I appreciate yeah, yeah. it. Very appropriate for, yeah. for the this film that we're talking this about tonight. This is a good We needed a feminist icon and a feminist <laughs> expert. And uh -huh. I'm glad just the three three of us, three men in the, in the base tonight <laughs> talking about tonight's film. Uh, and, 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 you know, of course, Mickey uh uh co-host and creator of the show 69 joke aficionado mickey mm -hmm. yep uh is with us this evening as well as as, as usual um now before we get to tonight's movie guys i gotta know what are you drinking tonight i i'm i'm gonna go first on this one okay. so if you'll if you'll take a look at my wardrobe Oh yeah, hell yeah! He's got. PJs I'm in my on. Snoopy. Got my Snoopy PJs on for our summer party we're having, and with it, Wonderful. I brought a little bit of the bubbles. Yeah, a little bit of bubbles. Oh, yeah. oh, hopefully, kept. <laughs> yeah, here we go. <sighs> Drinking some champagne. Champagne. Damn, you brought champagne, flutes, and everything. Is is that is that a uh, uh, real champagne from France? Uh, no, I wanted to get fancy French champagne, but I just got, just lie. I ran, <laughs> yes, this is, this is good French champagne. Oh, right? I know that, uh, I know that group. They're the uh, best uh, champagne company out of Champagne, Illinois. 
Yeah, <laughs> that's mm-hmm. what it is. Yeah, yeah. It's a fancy place. So, that's a fancy so place. So we're having, so we're having some. I'm pro, I'm going to try to get through a whole case of champagne tonight. Nice. All right. Uh, All right. Uh, be Moving careful on. that Chris, you don't what are you have. Uh, it it uh, a common side effect of drinking too much champagne is that you're haunted by a Guido in your dreams. So be careful with that. Okay. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I'm allowed to say Guido. No, Just so. no. Nicolai, no, 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 okay? no. <laughs> I'll be using Guido be- a few more times this evening. <laughs> this this episode's going to get us all canceled. I already can promise you. Oh, yeah. I foresee that coming. Uh, Chris, what are, you, what are you drinking this evening? Uh, did you, did you uh, craft a spooky cocktail to go oh, along with Nikki Champagne? You know it, my friend. Uh, so I made up a little drink. Um, definitely, you know, finger on the pulse of a pop culture reference here. I've named it uh, Champagne Wishes and Dead Greaser Driller Killer Dreams. <laughs> okay. <laughs> For those Easy of us name. that are all, you know, 40 <laughs> years old and can remember uh, Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. Yeah. Uh, this is a little cocktail made of some champagne, uh, gin, uh, a little St. Germain liqueur, orange juice, and a touch of uh, some pomegranate molasses to give it a little sweetness. Ooh, very what nice. What a classy and I see ass drink for a classy ass movie. And you're drinking out of a, a champagne coupe, which is this modeled is after yeah. yes. Marie Antoinette's breasts, apparently. An Correct. opportunity to bring up breast. Off to the start. Well, that goes along with what we're going to be talking about this evening. Um, uh, I am having, um, uh, you know, tonight. I'm drinking in reference to the first film, not the one we're talking about this mm-hmm. evening, the, the, okay. the, yep. the, um, the predecessor. Uh, tonight, I'm drinking what uh, teen girls drink in the early 80s in L.A., uh, a premium European-style, full-bodied, high-quality beer. I'm a connoisseur, and therefore, I drink Michelob Original Lager. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Fancy. Um, so, tonight... What happens when you blend Abel Ferrara's 1979 Driller Killer with Nightmare on Elm Street and Rocky Horror Picture Show in order to satirize the slasher craze of the late 70s and early 80s? You get elderly teens playing music and getting killed in a shitty timeshare by a rock and roll guido. Tonight, we are talking (laughs) about the Roger Corman female-driven franchise, 1987's Slumber Party Massacre 2. (laughs) Also known as SPM2. Directed by the great Deborah Brock. Written and directed. Yes. Um, now, Mickey. Yeah. Mickey was like, we, I had another film slated for this spot, but Mickey in, gave a passionate speech to me um, about this film being our third pick. From this section so mickey why slumber party massacre I, 2 and what is your history and relationship with the film well i, I don't know that it was necessarily passionate but i definitely gave I gave a okay then yeah well you feel passion for me all the time everything i say to you is filled I, with passion. and mickey to be fair i mean you are uh, a, a charming charismatic passionate guy so like everything you so, do everything i say it gets yeah, filtered super through this very passionate well, passionate well, we were having the co- we, you and I were, and Chris were having the conversation of what else belongs here that seems to make, you know, really good sense. Should we even, you know, push through for a third film? And, and, you know, Chris was reading off, you know, some possibilities of films we could do and just hearing Slumber Party Massacre 2, because I had only watched it maybe 
two years prior. It's 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 one that I've not did not grow up with. It's one that I've only discovered as of late. Uh, and it just stuck out. I was like, oh my God, that fits right in with TCM2. Uh, it has like a similar, I would say similar vibe to it as far as, you know, DG Brock also has those, uh, those tie-ins to the Joe Dante, Roger Corman connection. There's her and Toby mm-hmm. Hooper with the Austin connection. It's, uh, it just seemed to just fit, fit, you know, the, the, the sassy sequel. And I think it's pretty undeniable that this is a sassy sequel. Mm-hmm. Uh- I'll, here, here. I'm I'm gonna challenge that maybe a little okay. bit. Okay, I'm I'm, I'm here for it. It's maybe a is it maybe a sub subsection? It's a sassy silly sequel. Uh, no, too we'll, silly. We'll, get to, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Okay. So right. so, what was your first experience with Slumber Party Massacre Two? With my, it, it ties into a little bit of Slumber Massacre Party One. Uh huh. So I, I watched the first one, or at least parts of the first one, with, with my older brother when I was a kid. I can't remember what age, but I know it because I confused the locker room scene in the first movie with the locker room scene from Cutting Class. Because mm-hmm. these are my early experiences of seeing boobies <laughs> and feeling very scared <laughs> that I'm going to go uh-huh. to hell and that I'm definitely going to get yeah. in trouble. And my brother sure. is finding this like crazy joy out of like forcing me to watch boobies. And... And so it was, it was Summer Party Massacre 1 was that shower scene is, is the one sometimes mm-hmm. I I'd sometimes credit that to mm-hmm. cutting class, but it's definitely Summer Massacre Party. Um, so I've, I've had an, uh, an experience with that throughout my life. And then in the, when the pandemic first hit, before we even started doing the podcast, um, I would start binging this uh, docuseries called In Search of Darkness. They have like three parts. And they go on for a long time. You can really like there's there's some breath to them. So I um so over the pandemic, I binged the whole series one, two, and three. And in the middle of three, they go on this little segment about sequels, and they take time to to highlight Summer Party Two Massacre or Summer Party Massacre Two. And I was looking at it, and I was like, that is not what I remember of Slumber Party Massacre, like, one. It just says, like, they were showing the Driller Killer with his, you know, guitar and, you know, all that stuff. So I was like, I, I got to fucking see this thing. I got I to gotta see it. So I watched it uh, early pandemic, and I thought it was I thought it was interesting. I didn't think it was great. I didn't, I didn't think it was even that good. I thought it was really interesting and worth watching. And then... The first one. Knowing, yeah, no, the second one. The oh, sec- the second hear me one. Out. Gotcha, second gotcha. one. And then, and then I was like, you know what? I started, it kind of stuck with me, you know, a little bit. And I started just like kind of doing a little dive on it a little bit. And I started rethinking it because the first time I couldn't really figure it out. And it, it, not that it's that clever. It's just more of like, oh, just being like confused. Like, this is kind of stupid. This is kind of silly. I don't know. That's pretty good. I don't know. Are they actually trying to do this or do they just stumble into something? Yeah. And subsequent watches after, I've been like, you know what? This is, this is, this is actually pretty smart. It's like a movie that's only lack or or only like falter for me is that it didn't have enough of budget and it had to check certain boxes while not letting, I think, Brock lean into really what she was trying to do, which was, you know, which we can, I mean, I guess we can just get into right now, but was tell a story that talks about the collective pain and trauma of existing uh, of a woman and a patriarchy. But We'll get there. I want to get deeper into that because I'm not the best voice to talk about that, but I did steal a quote from somebody that I want to give a shout out to here about this film later. So that's kind of the the history with it. But I, I like it. I think it's I think it's weird enough and interesting enough that it should be on people's list of watching. It just, you know, it has flaws. It's super flawed. It's super flawed. But it's 
it, it's just it's unique and in, and mm-hmm. the fact that it exists is unique just like so you watch that, that shit. you exist yeah, is unique you're silly mm-hmm. uh i should watch you everyone should watch you mm-hmm. uh you have a lot of flaws but like we sh- we're all watching you right now are we thinking yeah, like a there, like there a movies... show situation with mickey just watch oh, me yeah. constantly but, but there are movies <laughs> that do this to me they 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 like i watch them and i'm not sure how i feel about them mm-hmm. but they kind of cling to my ribs a little bit and then i and then i have to like kind of step away from it think about it do a little bit of my own independent research and then go back to them to see why is this thing sticking to me differently than than some people who just watch it hate it and some people who watch it and love it i'm somewhere in between that and i don't, i can't figure out how i feel about it and this does this is- that bo was afraid did that annette did that there are a lot of like movies that do that to me that I have to go back and, and rewatch. I, and I like what you're saying. And I like the point you're making is that like you can have an experience with a film and it doesn't have to be defined completely in one setting yeah. that you can, oh, you can sure. like, like if you, if you don't immediately connect with something, well, why didn't I immediately connect with it? Or if you did, right. why did I connect with it? Do some research, mm-hmm. go back, rewatch it. That's, that's what's great about, Books and yeah. films and art and everything, right? Yeah. Um, it's a great point. We're so quick to easily judge things um, before, mm-hmm. like, giving it, like, time and context and studying it and, like, you know, understanding its place in history. Um, beautifully <coughs> put, um, Mickey. Chris, do you, do you have um, history with Slumber Party Massacre 2? Uh, so I would say yes and no. Uh history of actually watching it no uh this was something i just watched <laughs> a couple days ago but this the slumber party movie massacres and this one in particular the box looms big in my memories oh, of going yes. to yes. the local video yeah. store when i was a kid oh, yeah. shout out video library r.i.p uh a fantastic video store that used to live in the suburbs of kansas city uh back when i was a kid but i used to roam around and whenever i would see these box i would uh, I remember looking at this at that, you know, that age between like being a kid and being pubescent and being like, you know, not understanding feelings of being aroused by it. And then also being like, mm-hmm. you know, scared and like that kind of mixture. So like when it comes to actually the film itself, like seeing it, no. But uh, yeah, this uh, uh, always something that stands out to me from growing up. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, it's kind of like one of those things I think I never watched it almost because I think it kind of... Uh, <laughs> It it doesn't take away from that memory, but you know what I mean? It almost stands apart whenever yeah. you don't have any sort of like watching it when it just looms its its own little box, that type of thing. So can you Chris, can you describe to me the your your process of like arriving at the video store and like it was there a physical or mental barrier going into the horror section? Oh yeah. Like I could I could sketch out for you. <laughs> very finitely <laughs> the the schematics of video library from when i was a kid including from when it moved for the horror section moved from the lower right part of the store to the topper part of the store mm-hmm. and the uh even to like the comedy section ran along the wall and then the horror section was horizontal shelving next to it so even once you get into the comedies and you get down to like the like s's and t's your back is to the horror section so it's even mm-hmm. a little like i don't know you know <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 <laughs> was was there was there a um uh a metaphorical uh uh gate or a uh, forest that you had to go through yeah <laughs> a bit i mean like you i like i i 
the idea of because the shelves so the carpet was black the shelves were black and the shelving so then like you know to step between the two shelves of the horror section to be immersed into the tunnel Mm -hmm. of horror and stuff like that i vividly recall they had like a bootleg like like cover of the exorcist that was just like her face with the makeup um i'm dropping on her name now uh linda Linda blair Blair. Uh, linda blair thank you uh that like scared the shit out of me of course Uh, of course it did (laughs) i remember just fyi like i (laughs) I remember loving uh, Monster Squad, and it was in the horror section, so I'd have mm-hmm. to send my older brother into the horror section oh, to get Monster Squad. Oh, I loved Monster Squad. <laughs> <laughs> that is so cute. Oh my that God. is great. Joe was great. He was willing to do that. A little bit, but he was a pretty good guy about it, you know. Uh, that's great. That's like, great. Yeah, yeah. We we did do an episode on Monster Squad. Go back and listen to it. We might revisit it. I think we might. I revisit would love it. to. Um, I'd love to. Yeah. Um, was uh but uh i've kind of been teeing teeing this up for you uh and maybe i made this up in my mind but wasn't there like didn't you tell me there were like there was like a plant or something like a big plant that sort of <laughs> separated this not for the horror section for the porn section this like yeah, dusty yeah. fake plant yeah that was like never clean yeah that was like, yeah, hey, my- no kids in here <laughs> dusty plant that's pretty <laughs> we had an actual curtain it was like a whole curtain and, and nobody was and nobody was brave enough to to go across the threshold of the curtain. Oh, man. Whenever you could like yeah. peek in, though, like that was like the mm. <laughs> the gates was, of your yeah. boy Nirvana. <laughs> well, it was, it was like if I, you stand if you stand at this particular box cover, look left out of your eye, turn your head, just slightly tilt it up. You can see something. You kind of see something. That was the best, right? Whenever you like try to wait yeah. for someone to like come out or in because yeah. then the curtain oh, would oh, flash oh, open oh. a little bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And, 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 and like all you see is just like I, 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 like you cannot make the image out but for some no. reason just the idea of the image is there and that the, the curtain pulled back and you saw just a glimpse of something that might have been erotic all of a sudden I was like that's all I needed mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm feeling good you know it's like so so dumb I, when I worked at a video store in Chicago in my early 20s an independent video store called Movie Time and uh, in the mornings when I would get there to open uh, we kept our our safe wasn't a safe. It was like a cardboard box hidden in the porn section. So I'd go through the western. I'd get in. I'd go through the western doors, go into the porn section, and have to like like get everything ready for the day. And I remember just being in my early twenties, literally three hundred and sixty degrees of just like pornographic images, and just like yeah. like I'm like aroused and confused and tired. <laughs> and like I gotta count all this money. This and is like my job. It was just I... such a like <laughs> it was so silly. I love the safe was a cardboard box in the porn yeah. section. In the in, in the porn amazing. area. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was, it was like it was like it was so if you knew it was there, you could so but you know, there was a camera set up in there because uh um you know weird people would come in and start jerking off and really? you'd have to <sighs> like you know yeah. what I mean? It's Jeez. like and it was like it was one of those things where it was like <laughs> the guy who ran the place was this like biker dude and he was like, Yeah, this is fucking I have fucking hate this having the pores, but it's like that's how we make the money. Seriously, seriously. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shout out Ian. Awesome guy. Um, yeah. Anyways, back to Slumber Party Massacre 2. Uh, my, yep. my history and relationship to the film, Chris, very similar to yours, was only in images. 
from the VHS uh, uh, art um, mm -hmm. from the boxes. Uh, and then Mickey wanted to do this. I watched it for the first time. Uh, and uh, I know that Joe Bob Briggs had done an episode, uh, but it's no longer available through Shudder. Uh, but Joe Bob has the Just Joe Bob. So what I did was I put in the VHS and watched it that way and then would pause because when you when you watch the just joe bobs on shutter mm -hmm. they have the time codes for you to oh, watch okay. them so you can watch along nice. on your own that's um, really great so very satisfying to watch it with joe bob um and my my overall experience and you know we'll 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 delve into this uh uh more and we'll discuss it more uh was that my my experience with this wasn't great i okay. i didn't enjoy it as much mm. um uh, uh and i'll we'll get into my explanations later about mm -hmm. why um uh and i was so disappointed and unfulfilled by the end of it that i went and i was like well let me watch the first one mm -hmm. and through watching the first one i had the experience that i wanted Oh, interesting. For, okay. The first one for me is was like an absolute blast. Really? This one left left me yeah, laughing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm surprised. I I actually am reverse of that. I, I find Slumber Party Massacre one to be forgettable. Like I I think it's I think it's doing something that Black Christmas does better. I think it's like I, I just I've I've always thought of it like it's pretty paint by number slasher film. And then Slumber Party I Massacre two is like completely disagree with you there. Really. Okay. Yeah, I would. I was. I, I have such I a think hard worth, disagree. I think. I, this, I think this is a, Slumber Party Massacre does what this is trying to do way better. I think well, it is. Explain it. Really subversive yeah. and funny. Explain it. Let's do it. Tell us. Tell us. Is, no, that, is that everything? I'm not going to. That's it. That's it. So you who do we recommend your, this movie you to? You built your soapbox. <laughs> <laughs> now you got to speak to it. Yeah. So, um. I don't ever feel like in this movie, I don't ever feel like, like I'm in on the joke with the movie. That was my experience. Right. right. Um, I found the characters to be mostly kind of annoying and one note. Um, the, uh, you know, outside of the killer, it's played straight. My, my, my main issues is the, the tone is played straight and, and you know, it's all about, the interpretation and metaphors and subtext uh mm -hmm. in in the horror community um and in the genre community and then in the cult community uh i think our previous two films are like absolute out and out classics and uh i don't think you could argue that they're not uh, this this i think is an important piece of the puzzle it's uh, an important part of cinema history but for me it doesn't retain classic status um uh it just didn't align with uh my tastes and my sense of humors although again from like a historical point of view i understand why it's like an important film and i think it's like something you should see at some point but it's i don't think it's anything i'll ever watch again because mm. I, it, it's like on paper this movie is something i want to see you know what it, i mean right. the like right. the killer is 
over the top and crazy and he's killing mm -hmm. people with like the the metaphor of the guitar and the drill mm -hmm. and like I, mm -hmm. it, it's there if you describe this movie to me i'm like i gotta see that and then i watch it and i'm like uh and and to 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 comment on what you said about the budget um the budget on this is is like about twice what its predecessors was and I I just again I love that movie. I thought it was hilarious. I thought it hit all the points. I thought all the Slumber Party Massacre one imagery. The, yeah, yeah. The first, I, huh. the first one. Interesting. I I, I I I found uh so much humor in it. I laughed out loud. I love that it looks like uh its atmosphere and aesthetics are more in line with a mm -hmm. film I would like to watch. And mm -hmm. not not for nothing. It is on the Criterion Channel right now. Uh, so I mean that that tells you something that I think it's it's, it's, it's like I it's will a, throw the caveat in that it's on like everything. Yeah. Huh? It's on everything. Like like there's every streaming system practically has this. Slumber Party Shutter doesn't have it. Um Nightflight, Tubi, Crackle. Uh, I'm just, I'm just saying. I, I, to, to me, I, I, this, I, I think Slumber I, Party Massacre One is a Criterion film. I think it's, 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 yeah, it's, no. it's, uh, it's, well, it's a, it, the female, I, the female-driven feminist uh, 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 franchise that Corman was trying to create with this. I think is important. You I know, don't, um, I, I don't disagree. I, I, I do disagree with the fact that Slumber Party Massacre is Criterion level. I, I disagree with that. But I, like I said. We all have differing opinions. I found yeah, like yeah, of course. Summer Party Massacre for me felt very felt very much like a run of the mill slasher film. And even what they're trying to do that's different has already been done. So it felt like not I get that Cormac's trying at, at that point it's an original. At that point, it's like it's it's not at the same level of Scream, but while watching it, I felt like I was watching Scream from nineteen eighty two. You know what I mean? Well You're watching the Scream of nineteen eighty two, you mean? Yeah, she's she's commenting you, on you, you. You feel uh, that there's a lot of subversion in that, or like that they're, they're commenting yeah, on the slasher yeah. film. And I would love to read uh, Rita Mae Brown's original screenplay. Mm -hmm. um, okay. Uh, uh, but I think Amy, what Amy Holden Jones did with the first one was magnificent for its time. Mm. And I think if you understand the context in which it came out in. And I think I think if you went back and you watched it, I think maybe you I'm not saying you're going to uh, take my side and you're going to be like, oh, I don't like part two. I'm not saying that. But I think maybe you'll you'll uh, get a little more out of it. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Chris, I was going to say, well, so I literally just watched both of these within the last 48 hours. Uh, and first, of all, I do want to make a one very distinct point, which is that Criterion distinctly curates films not based on the quality of the film but because of what it is at that certain point in time or you could make an argument that sometimes they also do things like a bit of money runs uh yeah, yeah. like the armagon uh armagon armageddon dvd release so i just real quick like yeah like you know what I mean? yeah. that is a criterion <laughs> film my friend okay <laughs> it, it is in that word the the point of the film and the special effects at the time but uh, we're getting off on sidetrack yeah. here but anyway my point is is that i see your point and i see why like it would be on criterion because of like you know uh a women uh written directed film that's clearly has a voice that is a bit i think already at that point mocking 
the uh, male-driven slasher mm-hmm. dynamics, and whether it's from the overextension of the close-up in the shower scene on the nude female body, or the framing of the shot as the drill between the man's legs as a penis. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you really have these very chopping off, uh, chopping off the drill at the end. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Very. I mean, like, I get it. Like, you know what I mean? I think it has points. I'm curious about the comedy. I did not get any real comedic elements from the first one. You don't think it's funny when like this, the little sisters opening the fridge and there's the dead body in it. That that little moment. Like, yeah, that, that, that was going for some, I don't think it was, I didn't think it was that funny, but yeah, but I, I get that they're going for a joke there. Can I real well, quick? I, oh, this always reminds me of a story that I like to bring up to people, which is uh, once upon a time, Michelangelo and I uh, saw Let the Right One In at an art theater yeah. in Kansas uh-huh. City. And uh, there was one person in the crowd <laughs> that laughed a lot to the point that after the film, whenever this person went to the bathroom and I was outside, there was people like talking about the film being like, what was the deal with that guy laughing at times? <laughs> <laughs> and that would be the fearless host of yeah. this podcast, Michelangelo, podcast, Michelangelo Milano Jr. <laughs> Left the right one. Yeah, <laughs> there's funny moments in that. <laughs> I just I always thought that was really laughter funny. and terror anyway. are closely related. So then, moving on. on though, a I mean, side like... note, Chris, you're never going to be invited to the podcast again. <laughs> and, and Mickey, I'm going to need you to make an edit. Just I'm uh, making a note right now. <laughs> Everything, Chris. Anyone that disagrees with me, edit it out. <laughs> edit it out. Check it out. Yeah, uh, I I, I, I appreciate your stance. Absolutely. But the second one, I mean, I think it's just it. it's I wouldn't compare the two because they're clearly going for something completely different. So different. you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, different, different circumstances as well. Right. Yeah. Like, I mean, like and I did but not get clearly, into any but reading. Cl- but, but clearly like, as subtle as the things you're saying are in part one, part two is intentionally not subtle. It's taking mm-hmm. big swings on purpose. And you're not liking them and you're not you they, they, they don't. Jive I'm not with saying you, I don't like okay. them. It just, it which just is okay. doesn't all. It doesn't oh, yeah. all come this together yeah. in a satisfying way for me. Yeah. Like, what's it's, the it's rules? What's the rules with what's the what's the rules with the driller killer? It, I don't quite understand it. He's haunting her well, in her dreams, but then she then he comes into the real world. How does? Mm-hmm. I'm a little confused. I I that. think the whole thing is is a fever dream. But we can get to that. I want Chris to finish this statement because mm-hmm. he was in the middle of something and I well, cut him off. No, I mean, I I think that you're kind of saying it right there, though, right? Like, I mean, like, I think that the second one, they're going for it. You know, the first one's telling a linear tale. You know, this one is, the second one is clearly not, I think, mm-hmm. something that, and I have not done any reading uh, uh from the woman who wrote it or directed it on their takes on it. But I mean, like, I think it's very open to interpretation of, you know, has anything in this film actually happened? That's, uh, yep, maybe not. And I would Maybe say not. probably yeah. not would be mm-hmm. my take on it. Mm-hmm. So she, if you watch the documentary sleepless nights, revisiting slumber party massacre came out with the shout factory release. Um, uh, you, you'll hear the director talk a little bit about that. Yeah. She kind of sp- and you know, and then she does say there are three ways to interpret it. And then there is her favorite way of interpret it. She doesn't say that, it's absolute one way or, or sure. another. She's okay. just like, these these are the ways you, you could see it, and this well, is how I like to see it, because I this is my version mm-hmm. that I like. I, I, I want to bring up another film, just because I think it's so important in this conversation. I highlighted it a couple times. Have you guys seen Bo is Afraid by Ari Aster? Mm-hmm. I haven't. I have yet. not. I, I have really not. Should. Okay, um, okay. That, that, mm-hmm. film, that film is as close to 
this as any film I can think of. If somebody's told me we were going to do a, a double feature, Summer Masquerade 2 and Bo is Afraid, I'd be like, makes total sense. Those two That's films true. are taking trauma. And in the, in, the, in the case of Bo, it's more anxiety over his mother, like his relationship to his mother. In this one, it's her relationship to the killings from the first film. But they're taking those things and they're putting you in a fever dream that's super heightened and not supposed to, nothing is supposed to be taken literal ever at any moment. There are times when the camera does direct like point of view, it will cut between um, uh, Courtney's like the seeming, you know, third person point of view to all of a sudden, boom, they're talking directly into Courtney's face. And mm -hmm. that's not a normal thing to, to, that's not a normal choice in filmmaking. That is a choice that you're like, you're trying to get people off kilter. You're trying to make it feel like this is kind of odd. And I think some eyes would watch that and go, it's just bad filmmaking, but it's actually not. It's like, I don't think this was ever from the start to finish. I don't think we're ever supposed to believe that any of this is really happening. And most of this is anxiety and trauma that Courtney is, is dealing with in, in her, in her life. And Bo is afraid does the same thing just on a such a higher budget, bigger production, amazing set pieces that they could never have afforded for this film. But it's, but it's so similar in how it's telling its story that it's like, I, I saw real parallels between the two films. I uh, had the thought, I wonder if, um, I don't know the gentleman, but uh, whoever uh, wrote, directed High Tension, the French... Uh, mm -hmm. extreme mm -hmm. new that's like, come up before on the podcast uh, did they, did I, I would definitely like to do it and was like you know what I mean because you could draw a lot of parallels between yeah. this and then what is the storyline of yeah, attention yeah. I hear you there. <laughs> yeah. there there are a lot of films that are trying to do this thing and I'm not saying that this is the best version of that type of film either I don't want to, oh, yeah. I don't want to be <laughs> I don't want anybody listening to this to mistake this as Mickey's Criterion pick or Mickey's favorite film or not, not even in a in a top probably not in a top 100 list, but it's a film you should watch <laughs> because it's no hon, because it's different. Listen, we're going to do more than a hundred films that I'll probably like more than summer party massacre too. All right. But, but I yeah, do think no. that this film is important and something doesn't oh, have yes. to be I, my favorite to feel that's important and worthy of talking about. Right. Yeah, otherwise uh, it's just a podcast about Mickey's favorite movies. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, it kind of is. This is this is a podcast about our favorite <laughs> but, movies, kind of in a way. But I, I do agree yeah. with you. I think I like I, it, despite my uh, 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 feelings uh, of the film, uh, I, I still recognize it as an important landmark film. Uh, and you didn't have it, any fun watching it. I'm 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 not asking, really. Not I judging. I really the That's humor just was kind of didn't like really connect with me. And it's 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 again. On paper, this sounds hilarious, and I think there are so many good elements. I mean, how often is your killer the heir of the Little Caesars mm -hmm. pizza? Uh, you <laughs> right? know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Um, well, That's hilarious. Uh, kind of. No, he, he's the heir. He's one of seven children and doesn't run it. No, but he's the most important one because he was the one oh, who was okay. in movies, and that's how yeah. that works. Um, <laughs> well, well, do you think that there might have been something lost because you watched it alone? I did watch it with Joe Bob first of all, so I didn't watch it alone. Okay, okay. Uh, but I, I will agree. I will agree with you. I mean, I think most horror films are best watched mm -hmm. with with friends mm -hmm. in a crowd. Abs absolutely. And I see Deborah Brock's like really wanted to create this sort of like um, a midnight film Rocky Horror Camp vibe, and like mm -hmm. I think in segments. 
uh, she and the, and the crew and the cast achieve it. Uh, again, this is this is like the whole thing as a whole for me in my again, right. just my experience with it. Um, yeah. Uh, uh, it's I just I, I connected more with the characters in the first film. I thought they were like likable, interesting characters, really awesome ideas that <clears throat> mm-hmm. that were there for me to see. Uh, uh, like Rob Lowe, Rob Lowe's brother, Patrick, Patrick Lowe. Lowe, very yeah. annoying, but intentional. Yeah. Like I think, I think every actor in this is is uh, uh, doing exactly what is asked of them. But what about Crystal Bernard? Yeah, you gotta love her, right? Yeah, I think she's she, pretty I mean, good. She's great. I loved her on Wings. I think she's wonderful. Love her on I, Wings, but her mm-hmm. character is kind of flat for me. Um, uh, she's kind mm. of just kind of doing the same thing throughout it. It's it, it, it's 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 a little one. It's a little one note for me. Okay. Although I think she's an amazing actor, and uh, 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 I think everybody's doing the best <laughs> they could do. In this. Don't this, apologize. This you can say everything has to be a compliment yeah. sandwich. It's <laughs> yeah. okay. Look, look, yeah. Well, I don't, I don't like. I don't like, actually... I don't like. I don't like to take a dump on a it's... movie, especially because oh, people my... listening to this are, are going to be fans Listen, of Slumber Party hey, Master. I, I, I like the movie, so it's okay. If you want to share, they're they're going to get my version too, which is going to be like, yeah, yeah, you know. So it's okay. There are probably people that listen that also don't like the movie, and they're like, no, what are they like, talking about? I, yeah. I'm I'm a, I'm an I'm an actor, and like, so it's like. Like I, I often when uh 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 criticizing isn't the right word, but when I when I'm talking about performances and things like that, I just I have a sensitivity to it, you know. And yeah. it, you know, these are people. This is like thirty plus years ago. I'm gonna attack their performance. I I, I think they were all. I mean, they're all great. I think they were doing yeah. exactly what was asked of them. It's just what hey, was Crystal being Bernard asked went of on them to have a very line good up career. with me. Mm-hmm. Huh? She had a great. Chris Bernard yeah, had, a had a great, great career. career. Yeah. Yeah. And she's lovely. Yeah. And she's from Texas. And she's from Texas. <laughs> the most important uh, fucking, part. Um, <laughs> uh, Amy Holden Jones is from Austin as well. I believe so. Is it Amy Holden Jones or is it is it Deborah Bach? I forget. Deborah Brock's from Austin, for sure. Deborah Brock is from Austin. Um, but I, when, when, when I... When I it's 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 an it's this just silly thing, right? Apples and oranges, right? You can't compare things, but, but like I couldn't, you can't help but compare. I couldn't help but compare this yeah. film to the other two films we we went over, which was Gremlins Two and Texas Chainsaw Two, mm-hmm. and I'm like, those are in a whole other stratosphere of like execution of humor and filmmaking, and like, mm. like, not that I would fully agree with that either, but that's okay. Yeah. Yeah, I just I just think that I mean Texas Chainsaw Massacre two I I really like I think it's great. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that it's I mean Toby Hooper himself has had a much better career, you know. So so is Joe Dante for that matter. Well, they're men, right? Deborah, it's a lot easier for Deborah men, Brock, especially right. white men, right. to have a, a successful film career, yeah. especially in that time period. Yeah. Than than Deborah Brock or uh, right. um, Amy Holden Jones, who yeah. Amy Holden Jones had a, an amazing career. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was gonna say. But I think I think that this is in the same vein as those films. I really do. Gremlins Two is not considered. It's kind of being reclaimed as like something really cool and fun and all that stuff. But at the time, it was 
it was just, it was hated. Nobody liked it. Nobody got it. Nobody, you know, it's like, I think that there's a lot of that in this film too. It's like, it doesn't have good reviews, but lately as of 2020 and on past Me Too movement and on, this film has like all of a sudden become like very, very well reviewed by, by many in the, in the, in the horror film category, particularly women. So I'm glad that us three men are covering it. Yeah. (laughs) And it's like I like I like I've said, it's it it holds like an important place in cinematic history uh, Mm -hmm. regarding those those things. It's like and of course, you know, we we want to get to a place where it's like we don't have to like um, intentionally focus on like, well, you know, these are uh, this is a female directed film and this is a minority directed film and and things like that. Right. Um, We want to progress beyond that and just be at this altruistic place uh mm-hmm. like star trek i mean yeah. y- yes and no i mean you want to honor their voice though they like of that course. comes from their yeah. background so i mean that is important of calling that out you know what i mean of mm-hmm. like well, this is a film made by person x y and z that has this cultural background or this sort of mm-hmm. experience and that's where it comes from you know what i mean I think that kind of puts in the connotation where it is. If it's, you know, if you were to see sometimes something like, let's say this, or I wouldn't even say necessarily the second one, probably more the first one. If you were to think that it was done by men, you would think that it was probably slightly different perspective on some of the shots and some of the scenes. Mm-hmm. Second one, I think it's not exactly hitting on those same notes, but it's there. So real quick, I'm kind of jumping a bit good going to the end do you think that she is in the sanitarium that this has all been a fever dream part of the hallucination are are we well, to take away as a viewer that a lot that the gist of this film is all based on that what do you think no i i, I don't i i think that actually because and, and i'm saying this because of the cinematic language i think because it's shot in a dutch angle and it has the steam that that you know like you know the steam mm-hmm. and stuff like that i think mm-hmm. that's evident that she's still trapped within her imaginations uh her her whatever her, her machinations of her trauma right it's like we're never going to really know what's happening with courtney because that's not how you know tra- trauma actually works you know it's like it's like you get scared at a noise you get scared at chicken in the fridge you get scared that your 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 hamburger is actually a hamburger you know it's like mm-hmm. this is this is how you know anxiety and and trauma manifest themselves in life and and the film is doing this with with what i think is blatant dark humor and by blatant dark humor i mean not trying to be smart it's like we're going to be silly mm-hmm. and sassy but, but the subject so we're going to be silly and sassy but the subject <laughs> matter is like actually pretty heavy yeah. uh, so again that's why i say boa is afraid is a great example of, of a better film version of this where it's like it's the silly. one directed by a man is a better version yes of course of course it's always going to be uh, <laughs> sound like that <laughs> you, uh, yeah it's a, the, the, dg brock hey directed olympia dukakis's last film uh but Ooh. um yeah so so th- there i there i stand on that you know, I mm-hmm. think that it's it's still part of us being a part of the fever dream. I don't think we're ever going to see the the reality. And she does steal visual notes from Wes Craven, obviously. But I think that's another reason why Craven, when you know you're in a dream, when you know you're out, you know, mm-hmm. she she tilts the camera to that weird Dutch angle. She has the drill come out. 
you see the the green mm-hmm. and pink lights that are you know evident when she's like you know really bad in her hallucinations and then you see the drill just keep hammering it's just coming out of the floor like that there you go mm-hmm. like he's doing the fingers yeah. penetration thing the fingers <laughs> and i i would say less stealing and more satirizing she's she's like she's yeah. obviously satirized yes. that, yes. that's what these films obviously. are I mean, the yeah. detectives' names are Freddy Krueger and Jason Voorhees. <laughs> I mean, uh, Voorhees and Krueger, like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Voorhees and Krueger are police officers, so she's she is, and I, that's what again I say where where I'm saying blatantly doing these things. She doesn't even want to like try to be subtle and and walk mm-hmm. in subtext. I think her intent is let's let's be a sledgehammer. Let's not be like you know, mm-hmm. you know. I think that's intentional, you know. Um, I think pointing out like the the rockabilly greaser guy, it's a, it's a, it's kind of a trope of like, you know, how cool we think you know John Travolta from Greece is. You know, it's like people love that guy. That guy is a man's man, and so of course he's going to be the embodiment of a driller killer. His big phallic guitar that screws yeah. you to death. Yeah, I mean, even um, throughout the whole film, like the erotic book, the, the, the passage from the erotic book mm-hmm. they read is about uh-huh. his member, like, yeah. puncturing, you know? And I'm like, it's the whole film, like, like her, her sister in the, in the hospital says, don't go all the way, or whatever she yeah. says, you know? Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's, it's like, <laughs> yeah. beware of these men. Beware of these mm-hmm. men. They're driller and killers. They- and don't be, don't be tricked by their cute, like dark hair, John Travolta looking, you know, grease lightning style, you know? It's, and they do a, fan, she does a fantastic job of, of, of very uh, humorously setting up the circumstances that these characters find themselves in, where it's like, uh, like, I didn't care for the setting. And it's like, they call that out. It's like, yeah, this is a shitty yeah. new subdivision mm-hmm. like <laughs> development thing. Like, yeah, yeah. it sucks. Yeah, yeah. Like, he hasn't even moved yeah. in yet. He it doesn't have any yeah. of the texture of the first one because it's like, yeah, it's this new bland bullshit. And they mm-hmm. like working that into your budget is brilliant. And uh, yeah. uh, obviously making um, uh, uh, Courtney um, uh, like the thing with the cops they came in they these are teens just of course they're not going to uh, uh later on you know the boy who cried mm-hmm. wolf right yeah. uh, uh they 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 set up <clears throat> elements and uh, I, I i i definitely don't think that um uh this film is devoid of uh, humor or intelligence uh on the end of the people who made it for sure well, right and again, too, right? Like you could be speaking to socioeconomic. This is made in 87 or released in 87. So probably made in 86. You're talking about Reagan America, Reagan economics. So the mm-hmm. push of the end of uh, federalization of mental institutions, kind of, mm-hmm. you know, the mental institution mm-hmm. looks horrid whenever they show that. Oh, uh, yeah. The, the, the suburban sprawl that looks like shit that then is also very poorly mm-hmm. constructed because that drill just goes right through the walls. Like right it's through nothing. everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, you can yeah. make a case that there's a lot being said there about the time as well. I, I love that take. I wouldn't, I wouldn't there when I was watching it with you on that, but now I'm like, hell yeah, there are things I'm awakening to. This is why it's great to talk about these films, right? Oh, absolutely. It's like everybody comes in oh, yeah. with like these interesting ideas and things that they captured from it. But like the institution I totally picked up on. I was like, just the way the mom's talking about how, well, the doctor said for Valerie, the doctor said, I'm like, like, this is just not the way the world should work or, or, 
does work anymore, you know, mm-hmm. which is great. But but at that time, you're coming right out of that. So there is that. Like I said, again, she's using a sledgehammer, not trying to be subtle, you know. Mm-hmm. It's also the MTV. It's the it's the like MTV has landed at this point, right? It's like this is like the MTV mm-hmm. generation's about to take off. And there's a lot of that, like the Bengals and the Go-Go's kind of style with this girl band. Um, oh, yeah. Which I thought was cool as shit. And um, you thought the, that uh, this girl band was cool as shit? I thought this girl band was never going to make it, but they were. But yeah, but they're cool as shit, man. A, 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 an you all like girl the music? rock band. I don't love their music, but an all girl <laughs> rock band, period, is great. It's great. Well, give me more all girl rock bands. That's a big They just have to make better music. <laughs> they could have just made a little bit better music. Yeah. <laughs> That's a big miss to me that that wasn't in this film was a like mm-hmm. a sing off between the killer and their band. Oh, yeah, that would have been amazing. That would have been awesome. I was like, Man, oh. like that's a they miss. Use they should have like, like they they uh-huh. they like they use they use like yeah. uh, uh 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 music and phallic imagery to like or beat him at his own the, game. The, well, the, and the fact I that Sheila. Sheila keeps saying that she's going to write the greatest. I think it's Sheila. Yeah, Sheila says she's going to write the greatest song, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I was like, I was, I was like, somehow this song is going to be the thing that's played to like rescue or save them, and that's why it's the greatest song. Not because it sold millions of records, but at the end of the day, it saved their lives. That she's been working on that whole weekend. <laughs> she wanted a piece of the pie, you know. And so there was a missed opportunity there. Yeah. The uh, the pillow fight scene. Great. <laughs> um. It's so funny, great. satirical, <laughs> but, yes. but but also I, I you know I feel like there is okay so it's like uh, the rules of a Corman film is uh, uh, boobs, butts, and blood, right? So mm-hmm. you got to have those things in your movie if you're making a, a Corman film, um, and I think this uh, fulfills that requirement, but at the same time, it's uh, you know I've. I, I I know women who are just like, you know, it's it's like it's bullshit that I can't go to the park and like take off my shirt like every other mm-hmm. guy and just yep. enjoy being yeah. shirtless. That yeah. now it becomes a sexual thing, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, so I got I got a little bit of that in that scene as well. Of like, oh, for yeah, sure. she's just she's hot. You know, they're spraying champagne. Um, yeah. She says, "I'm drenched." Uh, and that's why she takes yeah. her bra off and starts like wringing it out a little bit. I'm like, that's a total guy move. And then uh, oh. it's uh, I'm about to squirt she's... us all with champagne. I'm about to just squirt us all with champagne. <laughs> no. Set it up. Well, we have microphones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Bunch of shirtless guys like... talking slumber party. <laughs> My shirt's all wet. I guess I gotta take it off. Um, I like how she's putting her bra on like. Just covered in like feathers. Yeah. From the <laughs> I was like, that looks so uncomfortable. <laughs> uh, Chris, anyway. did you, what was, uh, to go back to what Mickey was asking, what did you, how did you, how did you interpret the ending? Well, I didn't, you know what I mean? Like, I left with more questions than answers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This was definitely a film that I immediately kind of hopped on the internet just to see, like, what's other people's interpretations, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Cause I could see it going a few different ways. You know, I think that the only one in my mind that isn't true is that this is literal. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like there's no way that this is an actual 
realistic story, you know, said in the perspective of mm-hmm. of what this is. This at least has to be part fantasy within the the no, the completely ma- the reasonable perspectives. that a uh, uh, grease ball, rockabilly, uh, yeah. rockabilly Guido comes out of your nightmares and uh, kills you with a guitar drill. Real, real mm-hmm. quick though, you know that is something that I guess as someone who hadn't seen it but had heard of it, I always thought that this was the like resurrected killer from the first film. Which right. I guess you could say that, but why? Like, what's the reasoning behind that exactly? You know, just they uses mm-hmm. the drill. There's nothing to give you that interpretation. Oh, in not at all. Those are the, they they couldn't no. be further apart. The, yeah, uh, yeah. The first guy is this like creepy. I love you, and this is how uh-huh. I express my love to you. And this this guy is this like confident, fun, mm-hmm. one liners, dancing. Great dancing. He's what you might think a teenage girl who was speaking of the writer, a teenage girl who was born of a certain generation might think was like a really, you know, sexy Danny guy. Zuko. Like you, you said it best. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah, fucking Danny well Zuko. Yeah. It's like he's, 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 he's everything that she's in her sexual awakening in this moment. She's, of course, she's dealing with the trauma of seeing all of her sister's friends all her neighbor and then her sister go to a mental institution over it. And she is resurrecting quote unquote, resurrecting um, the driller killer in this embodiment of, of something that would sexually turn her on. Right. It's like, it's, it's interesting it's because so, so yeah. uh, you know, in the first one, her character who's played by a different actor, um, uh, Courtney's character, uh, is the little sister of like who's mm-hmm. ultimately our protagonist, and mm-hmm. uh, she steals her sister's playgirl, and mm-hmm. it's Stallone who's on the cover. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So. It's, oh yeah, yeah. It, okay. I see. What you're saying. I'm doing work. I'm. Uh, you. You know what I mean. And I'm actually connecting yeah. this to it. There is that like yeah, Stallone's in that wheelhouse of mm-hmm. like the, the 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 like him and you know Travolta getting mixed into this sort of like. Uh, uh, rockabilly, uh, uh, Freddy type character. This is, you know, I, I had not really thought about that, but that's such a great, interesting point, right? Of like, you've got this person that is in the first film in puberty, and now mm-hmm. in the second film is more you know, 18, 19. I don't know mm-hmm. how old do you think she is. 30. <laughs> <laughs> not that old <laughs> right. 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 that's kind of this an issue for me it's like these this do is, not this... seem like teenagers to me these oh, definitely seem common. like college this kids very, this is very it's common, it's common but I, I, I feel i feel like in the in the uh um uh go ahead you, uh, you in, don't. The, in the first film they feel like teenagers and even no, in like they do look at, not like, screen, no they for do me, not they do no, don't you, tell me what do. I think. In the first one, they I definitely they, feel like they... teenagers of the 70s. And I feel like in Scream, <laughs> you look back and you watch Scream and you're like, okay, obviously these people are in their 20s. Yeah. But like, yeah. Th- they play very well, like teenage themes. I, I like actually, the, the, the characters I, of who they are. I, I understand that we have that people can have different opinions. I thought the Slumber Party Massacre one folks were still too old for to be high school kids. I disagree with you. I, I, I'd be I actually, interested to look at their I, ages. I thought that they were in college, to be honest. I, I thought that they were a college girls basketball team because they had um what's the uh it looked like that at one point I saw a shirt that said Stanford and then I realized that's not the college they're going to. They're supposed to be in mm-hmm. high school. And I was like, this yeah. is okay. I was like, I'll, I'll tell I mean, but this is I expect this from these films. 
They're, well, of course, especially when yeah. you're showing boobs, right? You have to like, yeah. it's like, we have they to have make to sure be, we yeah. have, we're sexualizing these girls. So like when guys watch yeah. it, they don't have to feel yeah. creepy. These are between the ages of 18 and 33. If you're talking yeah. about this movie. Um, <laughs> 18 and 33. It just exactly. seems so I, much older in this to, the, the, than teenagers. I didn't get teenagers well, from, from all, them but, in this, but yeah. that's okay. That's, that's just fine. my experience. Do you call that out though on a lot of the Friday the Thirteenth? Because I mean, that's true. You love those films and a lot of those. I mean, they're like you know, yeah, they got their AARP cards. So, no, like... so, some, sometimes, sometimes they they hit the nail on the head with them, and sometimes, yeah, they're they're older. But that's, that's I guess part of uh, part of the charm. Yeah. What I what I'm just saying though is, are you calling out because the film didn't work for you? You know what I mean. I'm calling it out because uh, for for multiple no, reasons. No, Chris, Chris, Jason takes Manhattan. Those kids are clearly, clearly. Yeah, yeah. You'll never, clearly you'll never, 16. you'll never hear me seniors. defend. Uh, I love the, uh, like Friday the Thirteenth being like a great film. Uh, I, I love the movies, uh, and a lot of them are terrible, but I love them. Right. Cool. And that's part of the charm. Yeah. Well, what I was originally saying before I was uh, rudely interrupted was I think it's a great point that you both actually were bringing up about like, you know, so much of trauma reflects a lot of times what a person's future sexual chemistry is and how Mm -hmm. that's really hit upon heavy in this film. You know, I think you both were making an excellent point there about that and something that was kind of beyond me until you guys brought it up. Yeah. I mean, did that's you, the dr- yeah. we might, we might need to cut this, uh, uh, cause it might be too personal of a question, but Chris, um, you worked as like a first responder at one point, oh, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. for, uh, people who had experienced, um, sexual assault. What was, mm-hmm. could you, can you sort of like, mm-hmm. I'm assuming it was mm-hmm. always a woman, but I, I all imagine of- all of my all experience of were, but, but not everyone's that I, that I yeah. worked with. What was with. the organization you worked for? And like, did you, does any of that come into play when watching something like this? Um, your experience not necessarily. and your training? No, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, I, I, I spent some time working with an organization in Kansas city, uh, that does great work in which you kind of just provide uh, a bit of advocacy for someone that is reporting uh, sexual assault. And uh, yeah, it's a, uh, a rewarding experience, but not enjoyable at all. As mm. you would probably yeah. imagine. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a tough sure. position uh, to be in for sure. And, um, and like you're dealing with a terrible thing that just happened. Yeah. But I mean, I think the biggest thing uh, in that situation was just to be an ally to someone that is arguably at a, the lowest point they could possibly be and just try to provide a little bit of humanity and a bit of relief in that moment. Uh, none of that comes up when watching something like Slumber Party Massacre yeah. too. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. But in their own way, a film like this is like trying to bring uh uh those things that happen to the forefront in a like humane way through through humor through comedy through horror Absolutely. through you know to, yeah. to to present you with these ideas yeah um mm-hmm. either consciously or subconsciously mm-hmm. no that's you know? fair 
it's, it's hard to, to sort of like take like well, like a campy uh horror I, film I, and then like I, like no, no no i try to I, bring this up is a perfect very, very serious I, I hear you. no no yeah this is a, this is an excellent opportunity for me to to me to like read a quote so I'm, i want to quote somebody on this film because i obviously my station in life not being a a, a woman or having to deal with you know the mm -hmm. male gaze i can't really speak to it very well other than the experiences my wife's told me or things that I witnessed in, you know, jobs and places where I worked or I've seen, you know, you know, that. But this is this is from uh, Bella Blondu. Uh, this is of the Final Girls Club on ScreenQueens.com. And I think she does an incredible job explaining the trauma aspect of this, especially through the eyes of a woman. I'm not going to read the whole article. Definitely go search the article. Again, it's the Final Girls Club. But I want to read just the opening line from her article for everyone just to kind of get an idea. Because I think if any females are listening, you might be like, ah, this is a reason why I should watch this film or a reason I should read this article and then watch the film. But she said, <clears throat> this is Bella. Iconic killers like Jason, Freddie, and Michael have all been used as direct metaphors for trauma in their respective franchises. But while those series tend to grapple with more generalized idea of what PTSD is, the Slumber Party Massacre trilogy trades in the shared collective pain of existing as a woman, uh, or, or share, sorry, trades in the shared collective pain of existing as a woman under a patriarchy. In no other entry is that intent clearer than in Deborah Brock's 1987 Slumber Party Massacre 2. And then she goes on to talk about this film for about, I mean, it's a solid article, but it kind of was like that article that was like, man, I need to give this thing a rewatch and think about those things. And then when you watch mm -hmm. it and, and under that guise, you're like, wow, man, she really is kind of not sticking it to the man, but she's like, she's subverting not just the genre, but she's, she's also just trying to, to be nothing but a story of woman allyship and and it's present in the first movie too but in this one it like i said it's coming in with a fucking sledgehammer or you might say a, a metal guitar with a drill on the end of it she's like <laughs> wanting it to not be a mistake like it's almost in the same way barbie is right it's like I'm not, i don't want to compare it's obviously not barbie but in the same way uh -huh. that barbie is like a sledgehammer not a not a we're gonna subtly tell the story that uh -huh. kind of talks about male fragility and it's like no we're gonna do a musical number we're gonna do like we're mm -hmm. gonna be very poignant you know it's like it's doing the same thing and if you go in it with the i or if when i went in with the first time to be like oh this is a gonna be a zany kooky sequel mm -hmm. and i was kind of like i walked away like it's still sticking to me but i didn't like it as much as i thought i would and then having doing a little bit of research and thinking it through more and watching it twice after that i was like oh man this is actually kind of hitting it's kind of hitting it's pretty pretty damn good you know because a lot of the the sledgehammer things that maybe i thought were like okay now i'm like god it actually is like <laughs> it's it's telling a whole different story than i thought it was in the beginning you know i came to watch a horror sequel instead i'm watching a movie that's using dark humor and trying to be fun in dealing with a and grappling with a very serious issue Mm -hmm. And I and I these, do think it's fun. These these no, are ahead. themes uh, that you, I think, if you go back and you listen to our episodes, you're constantly bringing up, and that seem to be very important to you. Uh, your your job in the military, you deal with this. Um, your you know um, uh, 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 all these all these themes that you're talking about. It's it, it's just I hear it echoed uh, constantly through you. 
it seems to be a very important issue the patriarchy and like equality and feminism uh they 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 just these these are things constantly coming up with you look listen i i think that it's my job to take (laughs) the plight of women and explain it to (laughs) to the world to the that's what my life does (laughs) well mostly to women yeah because they do a pretty well, good job. They do a pretty good job, but I gotta. But it's only it's only after I interpret it that yeah, it actually exactly. becomes. You have to let them know you probably didn't yeah. understand this. Yeah. But let me tell you, yeah. This yeah, yeah. It's, like, it's like it's like I want I want to call Deborah Brock and explain her film to her. <laughs> Thank you for taking. I'm sorry. Like I'm sorry, Deborah Brock. And, and, I'm sorry, Deborah Brock. Uh, uh, complimentary <laughs> observation about about you. And what you're trying to do, and making a joke out of it. No, but I do. I, I would Very love sassy to, of you. I am sassy, but uh, well, you would be actually. I, I want to. If there was a sequel between us, you're you're my sequel. I'm not your sequel. Oh, thank you. I think. Thank you. <laughs> I was going to say. You're, I don't know what welcome. that means. Well, um, so um, bold distinctively smart and stylish audacious <laughs> cheeky full of spirit i think that's what you mean that's what oh. i mean yeah that's that's what i mean <laughs> no i'm just so going back you. to the i've said this before on the podcast i got single white female in new york when i met michelangelo because <laughs> when i met michelangelo he went he by a different a name job and then i killed him with the shoe <laughs> that's, that's what he true. means but he didn't die no. i just kept coming back uh, i'm like the driller hey, killer Steven weber who was on wings with uh, Crystal, Crystal Bernard. Crystal Bernard. There you go. Full circle. Full circle. Yep. I'm pretty sure he's the boyfriend who gets the the shoe in the eye. And yeah. 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 Also, also a, a pretty good version of um, uh, Jack from uh, The Shining. Um, so. But but what I was saying was that when I got to New York, Michelangelo and I met, instantly hit it off as friends. I mean, almost inseparable. And then um, after I left New York, years later, I found out people were calling him Mickey. And I was like, what? He's like, yeah, man. But it was like, then people were like, his nickname was, yeah, nickname Mick. And I was like, this is, this is, yeah. I was like, this is disturbing. Well, most of my close friends call me Mick too. But it was like Mickey and Mick. I was like, what, wait. And I found out that he, he started stealing my name. He started mm-hmm. like he started like obviously looking more handsome. On. No one Did calls you... him. <laughs> he started. He started to get handsome like me. He started to okay. work out, get all fit. He's getting all buffed out. <laughs> Whenever He's, I was like, uh, when I saw Allie and Allie called, was, was I was like, wait, I don't know how to say this. I don't know which one's Mickey. I was like, what are you talking I about? Sunbathing. I was like, there's too only much? one Mickey. There's only one. I am the original. There is no sequel. <laughs> Mickey, I might have a a very important question here. So, whenever yeah. I first met uh, Michelangelo in uh, two thousand seven, eight ish, whenever that was, yeah, yeah somewhere in there, uh, he always wore Western button up shirts. Did he? Oh, did you wear Western button up shirts? Stop. Whenever you, yes, yeah. of course, yes, of course. Oh yes. boy, woo! This oh, is getting. Man. I know it's it's. I'm getting <laughs> called out. I'm glad we, we took, we're taking this iconic uh, feminist film and turning it around to talk about like Mickey and I. You don't have to. <laughs> you don't have to try to turn the conversation around. Try to make us feel bad. In fact, we're pointing out your yeah. crimes. Yeah, and, and also uh, this iconic uh, feminist yeah. film that you don't the, like. The best flattery <laughs> is the stealing someone's identity. I think that's the same, the same right? <laughs> the same. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, completely taking over their identity. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, I'm waiting for the day I go home for like a holiday like thing with my family, and you're just there. And you're like, hey, <laughs> I'm not gonna be I'm there. Like, what you, oh, hey. Your family sounds like your brother's in a cult. <laughs> you you said your mom is terrible. Whoa, 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 whoa! You whoa, said no, your no, parents no, are the worst no, parents. No, I've never ever said that. <laughs> mom, dad, that is not true. If you're listening, that's not true. He's just They're trying to walk me into this. Um, oh, I'm gonna get grounded. To, 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 <laughs> to refocus, to refocus this, uh, I, yeah. I, 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 I do love the name of these films, including the uh, 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 Sorority House Massacre um, yeah. uh, films, um, which I want to check out 1986's uh, Sorority House <clears throat> Massacre. Um, I also watched a half of the remake of, of Slumber Party Massacre that's okay. on Shudder that Sci-Fi made. Oof. Great ideas, mm-hmm. but it's a sci-fi thing. So yeah, it's like that's right. a particular type of filmmaking that you know you might have a fondness for, depending on when you grew up. Th- those could be your Corman films, those sci-fi yeah. films. Um, uh, um, but the 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 name of these films, it's the name is everything. It's it's titillating. It's hilarious. It's telling you exactly yeah. what you're going to get. Right. It's the, mm-hmm. the name now, is, is, is a satirical name, I think, you know, oh, yeah. it's, it, it, but, but it's also like Corman, like, yeah, buy this girls <laughs> right. at a slumber party done. Yeah, and get it's obvious. yeah. That's it. Uh, That's the plot. Is cheerleader is cheerleader massacre part of that, too? Or is that not part I of it? I don't the... I don't know. I know there's like okay. dude bro massacre, which I'm sure is 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 a parody of that. these themes. Uh I've heard it's good. I haven't seen it. Sam. Have, um, have either of you seen the third one? No, no I haven't party. seen the third one. Yeah. No. Same. I was okay. I based off of the way I felt about the second one, I wasn't interested in seeing the third one, but I was very interested in seeing the first one. I, okay. I mean, I think, and you got to give it props for the fact that, I mean, we're talking about, you know, three films, a series, and all three were written and directed by women. Oh, well, more than three. For sure. uh, uh, well, wasn't at the end uh, of the Sorority series? House Massacre, which came out in 86, was written and directed by a woman. The subsequent sequels, I believe there are two more sequels, I believe is is a guy. Uh, but like, I think his whole, like, I think he had a plan to create like, uh, a franchise, a whole section of his company women. that would be that would be written and directed by women. You know, well, you know, I think that I, was the idea. You know, talking. I, I wish. You know, obviously, we should probably revisit. We'll do Slumber Party Massacre one with with a female co-host on here or something, some a guest. But I will say that that you know Molly watched this with me. <clears throat> mm-hmm. One of my viewings. Did she, she love it? Uh, okay. Well, first of all, she thought it was like super cheese, right? Super camp. It was her first watch, but Mm -hmm. the things that made her like laugh and things that she really connected with were the things like the girl in high school with the pimple, you know, that was like (laughs) something she's like, Oh, she's like, she just chuckles under her breath on it. She's like, of course, (laughs) of course. And then she sees the giant pimple. She's like, Oh my God. Uh," And then it kills the girl. You know, it's like, these are the anxieties and things that I'm like, like 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 the the anxieties and the things that 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 uh, Courtney are going through, and the things that she's she's that she's uh, you know per, perpetuating with her mind, are real like things and anxieties of high school girls. It's like the pimple happens to be one eating in front of people at a pool party. 
It's like these are things not, I not didn't think about. Exclusive to girls, I would say though. Oh no 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 no! But, I, I don't want to say that. You. But 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 in that time period, it definitely was like body imagery, body dysmorphia, just doing things like that was a thing that that was more akin to, I would say. You know, uh, I, I know, I, guys. I'm not. I'm as, not trying to sell guys short. As a person who had skin I'm issues not trying to sell uh, when he was younger, and as a as a as a, a a person who's had body dysmorphia throughout my life, like uh, mm-hmm. I identify when a character has something like that, and I don't see it exclusive to women. I uh, but I agree a hundred percent with you. Of it, you, you typically would only see things themes like that come up with female writers and directors for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, right, right, because because right? you yeah. know. Because guys men are talk com- about that. Well, because guys are compensating. Everything is compensation for our insecurities. Yes. Like women aren't allowed to compensate, right? They have to live in their insecurities. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm not, I'm being, I'm being joking in that. But you yes. know what I mean? It's like, yeah. like the male fragility, like Michael Mann does it best. It's like he shows like the violence and things that men can, can accrue when they are, you know, extremely fragile. Um, did we just go to Michael Mann on this? I'm sorry. This must be you the did. champagne you talking. Did. I we do did. love Michael Mann. I love we Michael Mann. You did not. You did. I've been a, because, because of Ferrari, I've been on a small Michael Mann like thing here. You know, it's like we also uh, have Heat yeah. 2, guys. We promised we're going to eventually do this. The book club. Heat 2, the book club. Yeah, the yes, book yes. club. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. promise we we'll eventually did. do this. We recorded an episode uh, uh, one year ago almost. Uh, anyways, yeah, back, back to this film. Back to Summer Party Master um, 2. Have we, have we said, have we talked about all the things we wanted to talk about? I, I had a couple uh, of different Chris, things. Yeah, you guys seem like yeah, you got you got stuff. Go. You want me to oh, go? Go ahead. I, I, just want to make it. I know for efficiency, <laughs> I want to get this done. If you guys yeah, both okay. go, sure, just talk. Sure, sure. At the yeah. same time, <laughs> talk about at the same time. time. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but while yeah. we're talking yep. about Great. about the characters and actors, the guy who played TJ, uh huh, is he related to Bill Paxton? Or, <laughs> better yet, is he related to Bill Paxton's character Chet from Weird Science? Ah, <laughs> I hear you. Oh, I hear you. So, you... <laughs> his voice. He's like, well, selling... he goes, he goes what, what, man? I don't know, man. Well, uh-huh. come on. You know, he's like, had that voice. It was like grating on me. It's like, I was so ready for the driller killer to take that guy out. You're, uh, I but, think uh, you're selling Chet, Chet short. I love Chet and <laughs> Bill Paxton has Chet true. and also Bill Paxton does that in a way where it's like like actually like fun to watch this guy uh-huh, does it in true. a way where it's like no, yeah, I don't yeah, know what the painful. action's about but the whole time man he's like yeah man I was like yeah. oh god you're killing me um, with that I also had uh, just a couple quotes of love all the all the Driller Killers quotes man buzz 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 <laughs> <laughs> Rock and roll never dies, baby. It's like he he kind of like in the weirdest way. Even though I know that he is a parody, I know that he is he is making fun of that. I still can't help but be like he's kind of cool. <laughs> and I know it sounds like so stupid to say, but no, you never like why he is, is yeah. though? Why is he the most quotable? Why is he the most quotable? Why is he the most fun thing to watch? And I think he, that's part the of the, character. the meta. Yeah. It, you know for I mean? sure. Like it's yeah. the, yeah, it's like, yeah. Which actually that brings me, that's the one I want to talk about. Actually it was, uh, Atanas Illich who plays the driller killer. I mean, you mentioned mm-hmm. it, uh, Michelangelo, but of course one of seven children of, uh, Mike and Maria Illich, uh, co-founders mm-hmm. of little Caesar's pizza, multi-billionaire real estate pizza, people pizza. in Detroit. 
pizza, pizza. Um, but uh, I wanted to bring up, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but uh, so Mike Illich, uh, who he passed away, I think about like five years ago or so, but the last like 10, 20 years of uh, Rosa Parks life, he paid for her housing. Whoa. So you can make an argument that there is a connection between Slumber Party Massacre 2 and the civil rights movement in the United States. Wow. That's true. That's wow. That's that amazing. is actually really incredible. That is really That's incredible. That's kind of a funny connection. I had no idea. But then also it begs the question too, right? Of like, uh, for him being in it, we talk about financing earlier. You would think, you you know, hey, dad, can you chip in, you know? Right. Oh, no, I think he's like hundred grand. Poor, you know what poor I mean? little rich kid on his own in LA trying to make his way in the music and film biz. Well, I think oh, that's, yeah. that's what that is. But, but what if, but what if based on what you said about the Rosa Parks thing, what if he was one of those guys that's like, was kind of embarrassed about his money and trying to do it without that's what, it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. He's trying, he's, he's, he's living yeah. as like, a, uh, uh, like I'm doing my, my struggling years as an artist. Um, before eventually going back, taking over certain aspects of the family business. I believe mm -hmm. in, there's a sports team in there. There's a bunch of stuff. Um, All the Detroit and teams have been using his, using yeah. his privilege and his, his uh, um, uh, family's uh, uh, built-in wealth to do good in the world. He, he also beat bone cancer, by the way. Oh, wow. um, got diagnosed with bone, bone cancer and beat it. Um, very, very interesting also, life, uh, and a uh, uh, very interesting. He's got a vinyl record out there. Yeah, and, I was going to say he has cover. his own record. I, I think I people like to YouTube. make fun of it. I don't think it's. <clears throat> I don't think it's worthy of being made fun of. But like, he's on the back and like all denim uh, uh, <laughs> with a cat. No, I think it's like I'm a sensitive guy. I got a cat. I'm oh, like, oh I, my I god, like, that is so like you. Wait, that is wait, exactly yeah. the picture you would be in. Wore <laughs> denim and it had a cat, and you identified with it. Unless you made fun of. No, no, you were you're in love That's with him cool, right man. now. He's cool. <laughs> um, to circle back to uh, um, uh, what. You know, something Chris brought up like an hour ago. What do we think of the ending? No one asked me my opinion. It was an open question. We, we, we figured we knew your opinion. I didn't like it. Eh, didn't like it. No, go um, ahead. What's your opinion? Thanks for assuming. Thanks for assuming. <laughs> so um, does that mean that moving forward, all directives have to be phrased with Michelangelo? What do you yes. think about? <laughs> well, I think it's pretty nice if we ask a question, like we all like uh, we give our points of view. Um, uh, uh, <laughs> I kind of, so I kind of so agree. <laughs> well, now you guys are making <laughs> a thing out of it. <laughs> no, it's not a thing. You it's made fine. A thing out of it <laughs> because we I didn't get to say my point of view. It was an open okay. forum. You just say it. <laughs> I know, but like I, you know, I was flowing with the conversation, and I was just coming back around. I was just coming back around. Yeah, to it. we would love to know um, your. You know, I was, I've been wondering please. this whole time, Michelangelo. What What did you think of the ending? Because we didn't hear. Michelangelo, what did you think? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> like, do you guys really want to know? Do you guys really? Yeah, know? yeah I, oh I would God, love to. You're always so you insightful. You're I gotta so know. cool. Mickey, you have cats Mickey. and you did them. Mickey, you're actually <laughs> like I, I believe Mickey, but Chris is coming off very phony right now. Too bad. Say it, asshole. <laughs> God, such no. fucking men. Ugh. Um, <laughs> men. Ugh, so the worst. I kind of like uh, 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 line up with Chris a little bit, where it's like, um, I kind watching it, and I was like, oh. 
it just kind of ends in a very unsatisfactory way for me. And like, I think, I think it's probably budgetary and time. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, we got to We got to fucking like, they're in the, the house that's being built and she burns them up. And then we do this thing. And like, I think they did the best with like what they had left over in editing. Uh, but like, I wasn't, it was unsatisfying. So like, I wasn't really left thinking, well, did this really happen? Did this not really happened? I just was looking at it from like uh, a behind the scenes point of view. Uh, so, you know, upon further inspection, this, the themes and, and things you were, you were bringing up, Mickey, I, I, I thought were interesting. And I think those, they could be interpreted in this, in these different ways. Uh, so I look forward to possibly watching this again if i happen to be in a group of people who want to watch this but i don't think i'll ever voluntarily watch this on my own gotcha. again gotcha you know yeah, what i mean yeah. in a group i wouldn't yeah. like like if, if ali was like you know what i really want to watch summer party massacre too i'd be like let's do it i would love to give yeah. this yeah, another go but like i don't necessarily want to yeah. huh? i no no but but i think what I think chris that, what that, did you say that's, said, never that's never happening. You're never gonna be in a group, and they're gonna be like, "Hey, let's watch Slumber Party Massacre." Yeah, there's one rent. Yeah, I have a group one of rent. friends that are imaginary. They fit in this film perfectly. <laughs> one's name is Driller Killer. One's name is uh, Officer Voorhees and Officer Kruger. See, this is the thing, mm -hmm. right? It's no obvious that that's not Sam. real. That's not that the, the, the cop interaction is not real. Their names are Kruger and Voorhees. It's not mm -hmm. real. You know, that's like my whole thing. But, 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 to, but, to, but I do want to add this to getting people to watch this movie. I think this is a film that is only going to be seen if people find content convincing them to watch it. Because it is not an easy sell. There's nothing about this that is an easy... I know how you said, you said, oh, I read it on uh, paper. It seemed I perfect. I disagree with you there. I think this is an easy sell. Again, if you but describe what to me I, what this movie is, I'm down to watch it. That's, absolutely that's the problem. If I heard this that's, conversation as a third party, I would be interested. Yeah. This conversation, yes. Our conversation, I agree with. But just, I mean, on paper, it's it's just... I, I shouldn't say on, on paper. paper. If you read... I would say on this, paper, if you this read is a movie summer. I want to watch. But you, you summarize you summarize this a female written and directed feminist like imagery and subtext film about a rockabilly killer with a drill on his guitar that like and it satirizes like slash like everything on paper like I want to see this absolutely uh -huh. this is must see this is must okay. see absolutely must see. on okay. paper well then then maybe maybe instead of that whatever description you got of it. I wish you'd gone in with the feeling of like, this is not going to be a rockabilly musical subversion. Okay. So you had no, I didn't you know had that. No I, I, went, I went into it pretty open. I, I went into <clears throat> okay. it like, I did know based off of what you told me, I did know there were going to be um, musical um, elements, certain elements to it. Right. Yeah. And I did know because it's in the sassy sequel section that, that like there will be satire, there will be humor. Like I did know certain like I was expecting certain elements, but like I did not know where this movie was going to go. OK. And that you didn't know there's going to be a squirting chicken. I did, <laughs> didn't know there was going to be a squirting chicken. No, Same. no, I did not. I did not. I guess I mean, to, 
to Michelangelo's point too, I mean, like, again, been very knowledgeable of this film's existence for a long time, but never watched it because although I even knew it was written, directed by a woman, I thought it was straight, like played straight. You know what I yeah. mean? That like, yeah, it's like a driller killer and he has a guitar drill and that's like a literal thing. Mm-hmm. And on seeing it now and seeing what it is, it definitely comes across as something that would I would have seen sooner knowing what I know now. Yeah. Yeah. But then real quick, you know, again, kind of what we're talking about with the ending too. We're kind of jumping the fact that like it's a fascinating sequence, right? So she kills him. Then like there's the whole her friend with the torch. Her friend that's dead is going on the stretcher. She pulls back the curtain. It's his voice. And, you know, she opens her eyes Mm -hmm. and says the thing. Then it goes to a dream sequence and she's back next to Matt in what looks like the condo bedroom. Yeah. And then cut again whenever Matt becomes the driller killer, then cut again Mm -hmm. to the sanitarium and then credits. It's an interesting sequence. You know what I mean? That then kind of does leave you being because of the fact that it's cut now from what you have perceived as the reality or a facet of the reality Mm -hmm. to then a dream sequence to almost imply that the whole film has been a dream to a certain extent to then again cutting, you know what I mean? Like it's like multiple steps then of you inferring whatever mm-hmm. you want to infer out of it. So. Yeah. I, I would love I, for you to, I would, I, I, I go ahead, go ahead. This will come up in recommendations. But I, I just, I would love like, this is, this is a movie that is prime for like a remake. Yeah. And not in the way that the shot uh, shot. remake they made um, <laughs> shot for shot. <laughs> Psycho, um, psycho, like the remake. But like, I, I would love to see this idea executed again um, uh, to greater success. Because Absolutely. I think there again, I have I, 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 I am not questioning its its importance in uh, uh, film history. I, I, it's got wonderful themes um it, it for me it just doesn't come together completely so like i think that's a perfect ideal scenario for a film that has great ideas that ultimately aren't fulfilled uh to yeah be remade not in the way that the the one they made in i think in 2021 on sci- the mm-hmm. sci-fi one uh but to like remake this 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 these are good ideas these these mm-hmm. should be these should be either remade or like taken and like uh, 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 reimagined by someone else mm-hmm. into something into something else. I mm-hmm. love Absolutely. the idea I... of a Rocky horror type satirical mm-hmm. feminist horror film. Mm-hmm. Like I, it, it's it's kind of shitty that we live in a world. Well, it's like, well, that's the feminist movie and that's the female directed movie. And like that's, you know, unfortunately, that's the world we live in. Right. It's like it's Mm -hmm. like, well, you know, it's like I want to I want to I want more opportunities like that to be granted to the writers and directors and artists like like, you know, how great would it be? It's like a couple. It's like the 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 entire crew is 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 uh, 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 women like it's it's just it, it would be great. It would be great, I think, to see this reimagined again. Mm-hmm. Are we, are we to uh, the whole crew? Well, no you're, you're tired of the the best boy grip being a man. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but, I was but honestly, like from the point you know. of view of like provide, you know, it's like 
for everyone you see in front of the camera, it's like double, triple, quadruple people behind the camera making it happen. Mm -hmm. So like to provide mm -hmm. those jobs with people who don't necessarily get those, because it's the same thing behind the camera as, as it is in front of the cameras that it's like overwhelmingly male. Like it would be great to, to, uh, uh have those <laughs> positions filled, filled by, uh, uh people mm -hmm. who don't get the opportunity to do that. Anyways, are we, are we on to recommendations now? Well, before we get there, I just want to say, you know, we talked about, you know, how great the the first director's career was. I just want to say, uh, Deborah Brock, who made this film, did not have a, a bad career at all. She actually went on to do some pretty cool like indie things. She helped produce Buffalo 66, who some of you might know. Um, <laughs> she was a director on VR Troopers, which is hilarious. That's a very like, uh, it's like a knockoff of Power Rangers. It's, it's a, it's a Power Rangers That's, knockoff, which yes, I thought was kind okay, of funny. Yeah. 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 yeah she co-executive produced Honey, I Blew Up the Kids. You remember I saw that one? That, that yeah. was like the third iteration of the <clears throat> blue or the kids version, like the shrunk the kids. I think, no, that was the second one, blew up the kids. And then it was like, I blew up the baby or something, or I shrunk the baby. And, uh, we did Montana, Amazon redo. I blew up, blew up the which, baby. They blew blow up the baby, up. yeah. They blew Montana, up that Amazon, uh, Redo oh, or Redux, baby. which was um, Olympia Dukakis' last film. Um, hmm. Yeah, and it has a pretty good cast. So that's one to uh, eventually that will probably be something we should talk about. Not that it's a horror film, but that it's just a really, it's a wild, crazy film. She, she never stopped being that person that's doing something a little weird, a little out, a little left field. So... Just a fan of hers. Um, so I want to put that out there. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> and then I'm ready for recommendations. I I'm right in. I'm ready. Who are we recommending okay. this to? Chris, you want to go first? Um, I recommend uh, the, uh, uh, not necessarily to watch the film, but Pubescent Boys, the video cover, something you can stare at. Really, you know, kind of have a moment Chris of self-reflection. Often talking me. to pubescent boys. Yeah. So, 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 you're basically just saying the box sleeve, the things you can do with yeah, that box yeah. sleeve. Yeah, just oh, stare. Come, in, come into the store. You stare. You, you get nervous. Sleeve. and You stare at the sleeve yeah. for a while. And you don't know how you feel about it. It worked for yeah. me, so I think it should work for everyone else. I, I had a this question is, for this you. This is why we hired Chris this to bring is, these kids <laughs> in, and then also for Chris to go. What are you doing? <laughs> but, but so, 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 so my understanding chris you're a pretty handy guy i gotta ask you he's are you handsy, more turned yes. on he's a he's handy, very handy. <laughs> you're a very handy guy you do a lot of handies um no my, my question for you is, is is were you more turned on by the girls or the drill the drill did uh i questioned how did it work because like is he turning it on via the rebar on the guitar? Right. <laughs> yeah. No, he's playing rock and roll, baby. And that's how it yeah. goes. Because oh, rock and roll <laughs> just, never dies, responds, baby. <laughs> well, and then also, too, like, I think it was really funny that the guy's got a drill and he's winging it sometimes like it's a, like a machete or a knife mm -hmm. at people. You know what I mean? Trying yeah. to, like, cut them across. Like, that's not how that works. Like, yeah. you can't just do that. But, yes, the drill was fascinating. <laughs> I, I would definitely put that to use in the shop. Um, <laughs> And Your one day I will drill. not have a guitar drill. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, I think we kind of, we hit on, I think, I think people that are open to something that is incredibly silly, but that has really deep, uh, much more deeper meaning that you kind of have to sit and reflect on. 
Um, mm-hmm. That's the kind of uh, person that I would recommend this film for. I think, you know, like you, you, you're into uh, your 80s slashers. Uh, you're maybe bored by or wanting a deeper context than your 80s slashers. I think that this is a film for you. I think uh, I kind of touched on it again whenever I was watching the film. I kept up the thing. I was like, man, did like, did the team behind uh, High Tension watch this film and come up with mm-hmm. this as an idea? Like, if you're a fan of High Tension, I think you should watch this and be like, man, this is interesting. And that uh, I am a fa- I'm a big fan of High Tension, so I got to watch High Tension. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I kind of want to yeah. do now as well. It's been yeah. years since I've seen it. Yeah, totally. So that's why I would recommend this film. To Great, Mickey. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Did I'm you want to go last? Were you? Were no, no, you, I'm good. Wanted, no, I, I want to go. I want to go before you because I want to. I want to uh, preempt what you're going to say. Um, <laughs> for people <laughs> coming in the store, for people who can come in the store that have taste and you have good tastes. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. No, no, I'm kidding. no, for, no. <laughs> no, if no you're, continue if you're, down this. I, I like. This. No, I like I'm this. not going to. No, no. I, I, I think that your tastes are fantastic, and I've always found and discovered new films because of your tastes which have always excited me and made me a better understander of humanity. So, but after I say the nice thing, and I'm going to say what I'm going to say, if you have seen Bo is afraid, which I know you guys haven't, you need to see it. I think if somebody walks in and goes, God, that film like kind of like shook me a little bit and made me like, Oh wow, it's really intense. Especially if you're a man and watch that film, I would say, try if you can to put yourself from the paradigm of, of, of a female as a sister or a mom or any female you've met and watch Slumber Party Massacre too. I, I, it's similar to, I will even say American Psycho is similar to that. It's, it's playing in a world where it's, 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 it's straddling what is real, what is not real. Is any of it real? Does any of it matter? It's dark humor. It's just kind of, like I said, coming in with a sledgehammer, um, while listening to Huey Lewis, you know, and doing its thing. So that, so that's my recommendation. People who like American Psycho, Bo is Afraid, things that are definitely playing in a fever dream. Mm-hmm. Well said. What about you, Michelangelo? Who would you recommend this movie to? I was waiting for the official <laughs> invite. Yeah, I gave it to I you. I have to be asked, girls. I don't give my opinion. I didn't like <laughs> You put some stank on it, though. You put some stank. <laughs> I didn't put I stank, put stank on, on nothing. Everything. No, no, I'm talking to Chris. Mickey, <laughs> okay. Mickey, I, I have no I complaints with you. you. <laughs> I, I have complaints with this fucking scumbag. <laughs> this feminist icon, Chris. Um, <laughs> um, so, okay. The future is female, Michelangelo. Deal with it. Yeah, so please get ready hear for me it. out. Please hear me out. <laughs> please hear me out. Okay. Yeah, here we go. Please. Who do I please. recommend this to? Classic men. Are, Here who, we go. Who do I You're about to get to? canceled. You're about to get canceled. Yeah. Oh, just let me finish what I'm saying here. <laughs> More fun this let way. Let me start. How about let me start? <laughs> oh, so we can finish, but we can interrupt halfway. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so, who do I recommend this to? <laughs> um, let, me, let, me, let, me, let me start off by like leaving you with my impression of this film. Um, <laughs> Annoying 30-something teens go to a boring subdivision and get killed off by a cartoonish, nonsensical, Freddy-inspired rockabilly killer. Watch the original or 1988's Black Roses instead. 
The original has a, an amazing and totally satisfying ending full of great feminist uh, subtext and imagery. It's a classic. It's a total Corman blood butts and blood flick with great cinematography, direction, music, characters, plot, atmosphere, and humor. A must-see horror film, in my opinion. The epitome of a Friday night sleepover movie. Plus, it has Sylvester Stallone technically <laughs> oh, okay? oh god oh. Oh, last part. <laughs> so hey, that's why it won you said, it has nothing to do with the that, film guys <laughs> that that said this is an important part of cinematic history slumber party massacre 2 um uh but i honestly outside of uh sort of from a uh film historical point of view cannot recommend recommend this movie as like uh um, to anyone pleasure viewing no, no from from a historical point of view if 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 like you're interested in uh iconic feminist horror films this is a must see and if you want to hmm. if you're a person who like wants to understand uh, a slasher films. You want to understand horror films. You have to see this movie at some point in your life. It's a it's a must. But from a customer coming in and wanting to be entertained by a horror film point of view, I personally wouldn't recommend this movie. I would definitely recommend part one. And if you liked it, check out part two. It's pretty wacky. I am not a huge fan of it, but like if you like the first one, definitely check out the second one. Hmm. At some point, I, I think so I think that, it has that's the gremlins. Sort of where I stand, I think it has the gremlins to effect. If you really like the first one, you're not going to like uh, the second one. I, I really don't, do. I, I believe that I, I, people who I love gremlins one who do likes, not love them. I don't know. I don't know anyone in modern times who likes gremlins one and doesn't enjoy gremlins two. I I, I what think you're that was the running. Is, I think that was is, the running theme of that film when it came out. Was that. Yeah, when they it came so out, I'm disappointed. About now. So disappointed. Oh, I don't yeah, know. That, I don't that know was that, then. This I don't is know now. that we can have that conversation now, truly, because I don't think that that holds. I think that there are people like you and I that recognize its greatness. I don't I think that say, the general public does not. The general public is I like Gremlins One. Yay, um, Gremlins Two. Why community. is it on the trash it bin? It is an absolute. I don't I know anyone amongst. Go ahead. I, I don't know anyone who brings up Gremlins 2 outside of it be like jokey. Like no yeah. one's like, and oh man, it's great Gremlins 2. I've never heard anyone say that. I will also say within the cult community, I think Slumber Party Massacre 2 kind of is, I mean, it's kind of loved, man. It's kind of like great. But hey, that's not for me to say. You weigh in. People, find us on the return slot of yeah. war underscore pod.com. This that's not it. I get nervous. I get nervous. <laughs> that is I get not nervous. It. It's, oh it's, 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 it's the return slot <laughs> underscore of horror pod. At, on Instagram. On Instagram. On Instagram. Yes. And then also please like, rate, and review us. We need that. Uh, subscribe if you haven't subscribed. We also need that. Also, if you want to like share it with your friends, rate we appreciate review. that. Yeah, we also have a Letterboxd. It's not finished, but it's it. But the first season is definitely on Letterboxd. Finished. You can go check out all the movies we've done. I've not put the reviews on them yet, but I am at some point going to put full reviews on every film we've watched. But it's going to be oh, my wow. voice, not Michelangelo's. 
So oh boy. if you go to Letterboxd, you're getting my unabashed I'm opinion. I'm not agreeing with anything he's saying. Michelangelo, um, you're being canceled by you, Mickey. Slumber Party Massacre number two is going to be the number one rated film on the, the, whole, great, film. On the whole thing. On the, on the platform. You know, ab- above Misery, um, above The Thing. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> Oof. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. That's jokes. Those are jokes. We we got some we got some things in the works. Um uh look forward to a YouTube channel. Uh and yep. we will be uh we're going to uh be working with uh Red Tower, uh, which is an up coming fantastic uh, uh horror platform that you can watch original horror content. Um yeah, we're growing and up a little acquired bit. horror content through uh through them. Um uh, and, and eventually be able to watch the podcast uh, yeah. is, is, is our hopes. But thank you for listening so much. Thank you two for being here this evening. Uh, uh, thank you, Mickey, for uh, bringing Slumber Party Massacre 2 into my life. It was a hole in my cinematic uh, horror knowledge. <laughs> uh, you're laughing, but I, I am being sincere. I know you it was a blind it was it is a it is a blind spot much like Texas Chainsaw was and uh I'm I've I've like despite how I felt about this particular film uh, in less than 48 hours I've watched uh uh, uh almost 3 of the films that have been yeah. created by this and I plan on yeah. watching more uh uh yeah. because I'm interested in it um so Well I'm I'm always yeah. here to fill Thank your you. empty holes <laughs> with with a drill <laughs> with a drill with my drill <laughs> guitar drill a buzz buzz I want, buzz i buzz. really do you know if i had to choose between being killed by the drill in the first one or the drill in the second one i i i think the drill in the second one is where i'd want oh, to go hell yeah oh the guitar yeah. versus just like Fuck a little yeah. like portable thingy yeah totally oh yeah uh, and listener um, if you happen to come across a copy of that Playgirl magazine from part one with Stallone on the cover, I wouldn't <laughs> be disappointed if it found its way into the video store. That's all. We just, Mike, just do a canned like goodbye. Do a canned goodbye real quick. What's a canned goodbye? Like, you thanks for listening. Pop it open, you. <laughs> yeah. I pop, I pop it. No, just just say something like a basic. Like, hey, goodbye. thanks for listening. A basic... We'll see you next time on the Return Slot of Horror or something like that. I don't care. Like a, a basic bitch goodbye. A basic bitch goodbye. <laughs> there, yeah, work bitch into this episode. That's what we needed. That's the that's the one thing this episode was missing was the word bitch. <laughs> nice, nice try, nice attempt. I'm gonna go take a leak. Oh, that's all going into. 